Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have the one and only Mr. Scott Ford on the show. So do me a favor and share this out right now. Share this out and stay with us because this is going to be a lot of fun. Hang on. And we are back. Let me bring Scott on. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, Ken. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to breaking through some walls. Love it. It's great to have you here, man. Um, I appreciate you. You had me on on your podcast recently. And um, I said, dude, we got to get you on my show. So here we are. I love it. Appreciate the opportunity. We had a good time on mine. So let's give it a whirl yeah. on yours. So, so Scott, I, I started this about, um, a little over four years ago and, um, you know, it's all about helping other people, helping people break through the things that they get stuck in, in life. And we all get stuck from time to time. So, um, why don't we start with you talking about where you were born and raised? Yeah, happy to do it. So born in Chattanooga, uh, Tennessee, actually, my dad was in seminary there. So my dad was a uh, ordained minister, a Baptist preacher. And yeah, I was only there a year. And actually, ironically, we moved on my first birthday, believe it or not. I had no idea. But nonetheless, we did to Kentucky. He was a part of a church there in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I lived there for uh, through grade school, a part of grade school, and then moved to Hagerstown, really Martinsburg, West Virginia, and then Hagerstown, Maryland, which is really close. Yeah. And then have really spent the rest of my life in this area. But uh, yeah, that was the start, start of things. Uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. The great Doug Wing is on right now. And he says any, he is a huge Ford guy, like huge. <laughs> he has a Ford GT and like, 12 Ford Mustangs. Like he's, he's a huge Ford guy. Um, so he, he loved your name, I guess. So, um, Chattanooga is a nice area though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you may know more about it than I do since we moved <laughs> on my first birthday, but yeah, I like it. I'll say, I'll say it's good. Have you never been back? No, no. Actually we have a firm. So I have a firm in Maryland a firm in Tennessee, Johnson City area, okay. and a firm in Atlanta, Georgia. So that's about as close as I've been getting back to Chattanooga. Chattanooga <laughs> is a nice area. I've got friends there. So, so, and you live in the, in the Maryland, West Virginia area up there in the, what is yeah. that? The Eastern panhandle of, of West by God. That's that it. Right? Well, by God, that's it. So the yeah. actual one of the firms in Hagerstown is Western Maryland. So it's that little skinny part, which is yeah. real close, like 10 minutes. You're in West Virginia. Go yeah. north 10 minutes. You're in Pennsylvania. So, yeah, wife and I 
bought a place here in Hedgesville, West Virginia, 2013, built our property in 2016. So that's where I'm at right now, the home studio. We love it. We love it. Nice. Nice. So, so growing up with, and your dad was a Baptist minister. (laughs) Wow. Um, what was that like growing up as a kid, having a dad as a Baptist minister, man? I'll bet things were a little strict. <laughs> PK, man. PK strict would be one way to say it. Yes, indeed. I, uh, yeah. And I've never been great with rules. I'm always like, why? Right. So that wasn't the best question in the Baptist minister's home. So uh, anyway, it was interesting. I'll tell a quick story on it. This just came to me. So yeah, very interesting growing up. And then in high school, Dad gets this again, you know, I'm 16, just get my driver's license. So, of course, what do you want to do? You want to drive and you want to drive to school. You got wheels now. Fact. And they never really had money. Mom and dad never had money. They always struggled with it. And so anyway, he bought this used and I mean used. I think it was older than me, Lincoln Continental. And he loved it because it was a Lincoln Continental. This thing was a freaking boat. It was huge. Yeah. It was uh, a Lincoln Continental. It was green. And I mean like grass or tree leaf green oh. with white leather, not pleather interior and a white top. So guess what I got to take when I were going to drive anywhere? Yeah. Well, it gets better. He decided it'd be a great idea to get custom license plates. So he did. And he put Baptist on the license plate. So the 16 year old with wheels had a green Lincoln white interior white top with a baptist license plate oh i got to rock gosh. around on so yeah pretty 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 oh, cool stuff yeah wow so <laughs> did you get picked on let's just say <laughs> i took the bus and and got picked up a lot let's just say that <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh i can't well hey my so my first car was a that i bought was a Ford L a 1972 Ford LTD. Mm. And it, it it had yeah, I mean, you know, so it's a Ford. I, I, I get it's a yeah, pretty much a Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh and I, I blew the engine up in that thing, but I who knew mm. that you had to keep oil in it at 16. You, you, yeah, it's you know? kind of overrated maybe for <laughs> it, some. it really it Probably really a good is. idea. <laughs> <laughs> so so growing up as a um a baptist i i, I want to dig into this a little bit scott you're like i don't want to ken um but like, know, whatever uh, i you know I, I can't imagine especially if you were a really curious kid yeah um that that had to be almost like oil and water <laughs> And I would think interesting, you know, and it's like life does happen for us, not to us. All of these things are by design. Not that I knew that then this is just me talking now. Yeah. And yeah, there was some tricky things to navigate. What was so interesting for me is I questioned everything and candidly it's who (laughs) I am. I still do. Yet what I never questioned, dad's a Baptist minister. So I'm not going to question, you know, his beliefs and that, cause that's his thing. Right. Right. So growing yeah. up and I questioned everything else. However, then I start reading on my own. I'm at, you know, late teens and I'm like, um, 
yeah, you know what? I don't think this is quite what it's saying right here, right? So that's like, <laughs> I've done this 35 years, boy. I think I know what's going on. And you and said that to your dad. Oh, 100%. <laughs> question everything, man. Uh, so, yeah. So it's I, ironically, then you I got old enough to question that. And then as an adult, I even questioned it more and actually took a, a different path. Uh, which is what you're supposed to do. Stand on your own two feet. Yeah. All that said, um, super grateful for my upbringing. Mom and dad absolutely did their very best. Sure. Um, certainly believed in what they believed. Uh, and it was great. I just then decided, hey, mm, I see this slightly different and took a, a different path. Uh, but yeah, it, it, we all have our, you know, things that we ebb and flow and learn from in our upbringing. And definitely yeah. I have a lot of unique stories as a PK <clears throat> preacher's kid uh growing up that uh does make it unique yeah uh, I, I i i my brain just went into a story about a girl i date uh, we won't even she was a, a baptist minister's daughter yeah anyway um <laughs> so, so you already know you're like you I don't got it. To say. I, I got know. it yeah <laughs> so um but you know so you um it sounds like you maybe you weren't a rebel child but you were at least a you, you were curious and and I, I i love that um so in in so in high school you had the the beautiful um lincoln link the lincoln continental right yeah. <laughs> the, that's yeah. the ship i mean those are that's like me. those aren't cars those are ships the one good thing of that vehicle is if I ever got in an accident, I would have totally been safe. Thank God I did. Totally. But that thing was going nowhere. <laughs> it would have moved a building <laughs> like those things are massive. So yeah. so you um, you got you got through high school. You graduated high school, I'm assuming. Um, did you go to college? So I had a small scholarship to go of all places. So my thing, my outlet was always sports movement, doing stuff with my hands. And so it was okay. And I had a small scholarship to go uh, to Liberty university. Okay. Speaking of talking about taking a different path and then they sent the video. And of course, dad was super proud. I'm the youngest of five and you know, none of them went through uh, uh, college and I was going to be the one who did it. He also thought I was going to be a preacher like him. And I was like, not doing that either. Anyway, when I got, <laughs> When I got the onboarding thing for this school, it was like I had to wear a tie and I think there was like a curfew. I forget what it was, like 10. And uh, mom and dad really did not have any money. So like not having a full ride, there's no way they could afford it. So I put those two things together. And then third, what I really wanted to do, it wasn't school at the time. So I literally decided not to. It broke his heart a little bit, um, but decided not to go and ended up starting my own business right out at 19. And I've never looked back. I'm doing the same thing I did then uh, at 19. So I just took the entrepreneurial path immediately and it has served me extremely well. And did that go over like a Led Zeppelin? <laughs> That's a really good. Yeah. Yeah. More, maybe more like ACDC. Uh, uh, that's how that, that's how that landed. Uh, yeah, not, oh, no. not, super, not super excited about it. Uh, and wow. it all played out perfectly like sure. life always does. And that, yeah. you know, dad, before he passed, certainly was happy and proud of what I had done with yeah. my adult life, right. And the, the path and the career I had taken and what I had did with it. And so it all 
worked out swimmingly, we'll, we'll say. The conversation <laughs> of not going was not so swimmingly, uh, yeah. but nonetheless, it worked out absolutely perfect. So talk about at, <clears throat> at 19 years old, well, so you graduated high school at what, 17, 18? Yeah, um, 18. Yeah. 18. Um, and then what were you doing? Were you working? Did you work going through school or high school? What what, mm -hmm. what were you doing? McDonald's? I did. I did. Yeah. So I, I mentioned sports were my thing and did doing anything with my hands. And that's still that that's the case today. So in middle school, I started, I can remember as a kid putting you know, stuff together, like putting the car kits together. Like that was my thing, man. Let me alone. Give me the glue. Give me the things. Let me put it together. And then in middle school, got interested in magic. So I started buying magic tricks at the local shop, then talked this guy into let me work there, even though I wasn't old enough to. So he worked that out, you know, wow. under the table without making it official and then started doing birthday parties for other kids. Wow. And then would do uh, go to restaurants and do table magic and get paid to do that. And so that's how I, I made money going through school. And literally, I, I when I go into something, man, I go into it. So I had a rabbit. I bought doves. Mom and dad would take me to the kids place, drop me off, stay or come back and pick me up. I had a little tux, did the whole thing when I would do uh, magic parties uh, for other kids in middle school and high school, and then worked at this shop a little bit on and off through uh, middle school and high school as well. So that's that's what I did for money, as well as one thing dad was really good at is making you do things, meaning work. And even though they didn't have money. So this was always the thing he would always make promises of. If you do this, you'll get this. It rarely happened. We actually got it because he didn't have the money to do it. A lot of times if you're weeding the garden or. Um, yeah. They built a new church and I was, yeah, in middle school, I think it was in seventh grade. I roofed the entire addition on that church. And at the end of the day, he'd bring me something to drink, like a, a Pepsi or a Coke or something uh, when he would pick me up. So I never did quite get the allowance that uh, we talked about, but I did make some money doing magic. So that's, uh, that's how I would, able, would, and in high school, he would give me some spending money when I would be go do stuff if I needed it. So some in some Baptist circles, being a magician would be frowned upon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was a question mark there. Right. And I'm like, look, you know, it's uh, and first of all, you know, being curious and doing your own thing. I've always right. been that I still am. So, you know, you, you, I, I took some licks for that. Um, but I was like, look, it's sleight of hand. Right. So this is not like that kind yeah. of magic. This Black is just, magic. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is... We're not uh, summoning uh, demons here, Father. <laughs> yeah, but if, you know, just, not yet. So we're, I'm, at the, I'm at the early stages. So it was it was all good. But it was a conversation. Interesting that you would pick that up. It was a conversation we had. Uh, well, I just think, I, I, I know, I know, I, I know. I, it's, I, I, yeah, so, so... So you're doing magic. That's interesting. But that's not the career path you took at 19 you didn't become david blaine like you, you 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 chose a different path i did i did and, and what was that path yeah so i'm in i'm in wealth management money i've always been curious well here's what i've always been curious about i've always been curious about what makes people do what they do 
Why? How can, you know, you think of kids that grow up in the same household. How come one turns out doing one thing, someone turns out doing something else. Mm -hmm. Some are super, super resilient. Some aren't. What causes that? So I've always been curious. Mm -hmm. And so in high school, I can remember you were talking about, did I graduate? Yes. Uh, And I was in academic classes, but I didn't kill it in my grades. I wasn't that interested in it. So I remember junior year in high school, can still remember the teacher's name, Mrs. Chestnut. And she, we had to do a term paper. Well, the time came to turn in the term paper. I didn't have mine. And um, she asked why. And I was like, I'm just going to say, I just really didn't want to do it. I mean, I, it's nothing, no, nothing better than that. I could say a lot of things. I just really didn't want to do it. Right. So she said, would you be open to do a presentation, an oral presentation on your paper? I said, sure. She's like, next week, let's do it. So my paper was going to be on goals and motivation because I was always curious, what does make people think, uh, tick? Why do they do what they do? So I got up and did an oral presentation on goals and motivation, got an A, and there you go. And so, so you didn't have to do the actual paper like every other kid. Nope. She, <laughs> wow. So I, I, I look it. back now. And I go, well, what's so funny now is like, I'm working on book number four. So I didn't do the term paper, but like I've done three books since. So it's like, uh, if she were still living, I would love to share with, with her that, uh, and I'm really mean it, the ability to think outside of traditional thinking and what the rules were and give someone an option of what their unique skill set is to still be able to thrive and present their you know, they're put their best foot forward in the way they learn, the way they communicate. And she gave me that opportunity and I got a good grade in doing it. So I literally uh, would love to thank that lady. So if you can hear me, thank you, Mrs. Chestnut, because uh, it gave me an opportunity to say, hey, you don't have to do it the way everyone thinks you're supposed to do it. You do it what works for you and can still benefit from doing it. And you found a... Um... What what's the term? Like you found you found you 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 found your own path. You're like I, I didn't I just didn't want to do it. And I love the honesty too. I just I didn't want to do it, and yeah. so I didn't. But and she like uh, I, I, the fact that she didn't just flunk you, and she's like, hey, how about doing it an oral presentation? And I've yeah. had those who've done that, like, hey, you're getting an F and you're going to get flunked and yeah. we'll see you again. Right. However, she didn't, she, she didn't, whether I want to see you again or not, it's another story, but she right. didn't do that. She really gave me an opportunity. So, you know, kudos, you know, good to her wow. uh, for, for awesome. doing that. And that was, that was something I don't forget. <laughs> and I do remember her saying in my 26 years of teaching, I've never had anyone not do a term paper and, you know, she didn't, wasn't happy with it. She wasn't mad at me. She just wasn't happy. And I said, I'm sorry, Mrs. Chestnut. I just really didn't want to do it. Wow. That's incredible. So, so back to the, um, the chosen path. Yeah. Um, at, you said at 19, mm-hmm. you started your own business. Um, what was it? Yeah. So I started, um, in insurance and financial services and dad did, say that he thought I could do good in this, this uh, realm. And he never took a salary as it was a small church, um, never was able to afford to take a salary. So he did um, do health insurance and would be a representative for health insurance for small business owners. So I took that path on my own um, based off of a recommendation he gave me. 
And one of the reasons I've always been curious, just like I said, goes and motivation. Why do people do what they do? Right. I witnessed mom and dad really struggle with money. We just didn't have money ever. And I can remember uh, definitively, I was in middle school. I came home one day from school, heading up the steps with my backpack, get to the top of the steps. Mom's at the dining room table and she's crying. Well, that may happen to some. I had never seen my mom cry. I've seen mom cry twice. Once was when then, next was when her dad had passed. Um, and so that's not how she showed up. She obviously had emotions. She just didn't show them that way. And so I knew something was serious. So I went to my room, just kind of let this thing lay down and overheard them talking. It had to do with money and come to find out they were needing to file bankruptcy. And, you know, she had felt like she had no control over it, yet she paid the bills. And obviously that's extremely emotional. And so that left an indelible mark on me. I'm like, gosh, you know, they never had money. It's, it's hedged in or it's lacked. It, it's constrained their freedom to really live life fully. And um, I'm going to figure this out. So goals, motivation and money always had an interest because of childhood memories and kind of the path that, you know, the family you grow up in does have yeah. a trajectory of what you get into. And so that's what really led me into this field. One, doing something on my own. I knew I was always going to be business owner and entrepreneur for sure. What led me down the money path was that upbringing is saying money. It shouldn't be that complicated and hard to figure out. And so that's what sent me on the quest at a very young age. And I'd like to, <clears throat> for you to weave into this, um, that, you know, I mean, aren't, you're like a ninja or something too, right? <laughs> ninja, ninja in what way? I don't know. I, I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu is one of my yeah. passions. So yeah. That, so, yeah. That. <laughs> Same that thing. Just, yeah. 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 Ninja jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Whatever. It's all the same. Yeah. So you're, you, you do, um, that's what they do um, primarily in the UFC, right? It's definitely, that's what got me hooked on jujitsu was I, what I mentioned sports. One yeah. of my favorites, it was always wrestling. It's an individual sport. I was pretty good at it. So always liked wrestling. And then in the early nineties, uh, I'm now an adult and I see this uh, UFC and it's like no holds barred and anything goes. And so I watch it and I see this, little guy, uh, Brazilian, Hoist Gracie, winning against these freaking mammoths of yeah. God men, right? And he's yeah. just tying them up. And I'm like, what's going on here? So it's a, had a grappling component. So it hooked me. And in 96, I started going down to Baltimore and started training in jujitsu at a wow. academy in Baltimore, which was like a hour and a half, two hour one way ride. Wow. <laughs> so I go... And my wife, we weren't married at the time. She goes with me and we're going up these steps and get downtown Baltimore, my first meeting. And this thing's above, uh, no real sign just said, go to this door beside the love shack. Well, the love shack is a, you know, a, basically a porn shop and <laughs> it has this door right beside of it, downtown Baltimore. So I'm walking up these steps. You can barely fit. It's 96. I'm like, man, none of this feels right, but I'm doing it. So anyway, oh my gosh. I, I, it was, it was an interesting start to Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but that's how I got my start. Then found a school in Frederick, which is about 30 minutes in Frederick, Maryland from uh, Hagerstown and, and got real serious in 2006 and did that for about 10 years. Yeah. And still, around with it and actually in our house 
I have, uh, we have a gym and some mats next door. So when someone wow. wants to come train or roll, we can get a roll in right next door at the house. It's, it's a little different than above the lug, love shack in Baltimore, but you know, right. Matt's a Matt. Yeah. There's more to do at the love shack. If you get bored. The, <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Just saying. Uh, if you get too bored, honey, you can just run over to the love shack. So, so, so you, um, I mean, and, and I love that part of the story because, you know, fitness and exercise and health and, I mean, you got to be in good shape to, to practice jujitsu, um, health wise. It, it requires some, some at the bare minimum, decent cardio, <laughs> like you have to be able to breathe. Um, yeah. so so you start into, so you're in 19, you get into the insurance world um, and financial services world. That is that like life insurance, health insurance? Is it everything? Are you doing uh, PNC as well? Yeah, just health insurance, Ken. So when I started, okay. it was doing health insurance. Then we would do some other type of health benefits uh, planning for small businesses. And at this time, it was primarily small business owners in Western Maryland. So really the pattern and theme throughout my growing up in life, because dad was a big fan of small businesses, yeah. is working with business owners, entrepreneurs, and small businesses. And so <clears throat> that's been my thing from day yeah. one as a kid, still yeah. is today. Um, and then putting patterns together and recognizing things and working to simplify things, that's just it's been my driver then. And that's, what's cool with jujitsu. I, I didn't, I didn't finish that. You mentioned, isn't that the the thing? Well, it with mixed martial arts is what it's now called. called yeah. It's that it's mixed martial arts. So you yeah. need jujitsu, but you also certainly need wrestling. You also need stand up, whether it's Muay Thai, boxing, some sort of striking, you need it all. So yeah. it's just putting those pieces of the puzzle together. So I wanted to close that yeah. loop. because I, I didn't think I, I mentioned mm -hmm. that, but for me, it's been that pattern of, so being a small business owner and entrepreneur, supporting small business owners and entrepreneurs. And for me, it's been money from that aspect. How can we make money simple? Because it doesn't need, need to be that freaking complicated. I think it is that complicated because people take advantage of that. Yeah. Wall Street and big corporations take advantage with this complexity of the consumer, like yep. my mom and dad, like these small business owners that I was helping them with their health insurance yeah, they're great people, great at their their trade and what they're doing, but it was complicated. So they were trying to put all these pieces together. And that's what led me to how do we like create a one-stop shop for these people so that they don't have to, okay, they got the health insurance with me, then they got this investment person, then they got their wills and trusts with an attorney, uh, real estate attorney, then they got a CPA on taxes, or they're doing their own, then they got an insurance person on PNC. It's like convoluted complicated and it doesn't need to be. Wow. So <clears throat> I have, I mean, I have a back to the mixed martial arts. I I just saw, I think yesterday a, I didn't watch it, but something in YouTube popped up about um, that Jake Paul guys challenging Mike Tyson. And, and so <clears throat> I, I've watched a lot of Mike Tyson stuff. Cause I just, love him or hate him i like there there's a 
a wire that would flip in his brain. And if it did, you are just screwed. <laughs> like, right. So totally. I, what, what's your prediction if that went down? It would be Tyson or? Oh, uh, I mean, as, as the great philosopher Mike Tyson once said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? So I'm going with Tyson. Just so I know, you. right? Yeah, I I'm love, going with his I philosophy. Love that. That's one of my favorite quotes, actually. I love that. Yeah, um, and, and it's right on, right? Actually, and I, you know, on that note, right, I hear him on podcasts. I really think that guy has grown. And when you hear him talk about what he's up to, what he's been through, what he's doing now – yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot of depth that maybe you don't see if you just see this freaking beast in a in a in a in a ring the way he would just go out and destroy people. Uh, but he's on his own growth journey and healing process, yeah. and kudos yeah. to him. But you know, and and that kind of um, it's it's funny because that quote that you just said is a metaphor for life for business for everything right because you can have and and, and i so i want to talk about and and i i i love the money piece and and you know i'm 50 uh, how old am i 50 53 54 i was born in 68 so i'll be 54 in july and and i think is that right? Yeah. Gee, mm -hmm. I'm 54. That's crazy. I got um, you. Yeah, yeah, 54. I'm I'm decent with numbers. I'm going to say you're 54. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yet, Scott. So just hang on. Give me a couple months. But so, you know, and and I've owned businesses for most of my adult life and um it's so true. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And you know, you go I don't think that people really like I had COVID. I was down for 65 days mm. with COVID in the hospital three times. And like, you just don't, you, you don't expect the unexpected and, you know, but talk, a, talk a little bit about the um, mindset because T Harv Eker is one of my favorite people and secrets of the millionaire mind is one of my favorite mm. books you talked about being raised by a Baptist minister that, you know, they that never really had a lot of financial success, you said. No. Um, and and I think that that there some of the reasons may be around mindset, quite honestly. Right. I mean, there, yes. there, there is a certain certain degree of you got to stay broke in 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 certain religious arenas i i think i'm saying that right um but talk about that the mindset around excuse me around business owners and and money and and how to have the the right mindset how do you help people get into the right mindset financially yeah you're you're spot on that is it and that's a piece of it, certainly with mom and dad, was mindset of is why they didn't have a lot of money. And it was complicated. You're spot on with mindset. And, and you're also spot on that it's, it's part of being in business. So for me, what's worked is tying, as I said, the interest in motivation and goals. And then tying money right. to that. They tie together. So getting clear on what you really want why you really want it, that's the path of how you're going to create money. 
So what I have put together through the years, I've been doing this since 91. And what I have put together is a process that it's just me scratching my own itch because uh, I hadn't seen it out there. And I call it the infinite entrepreneur. And that is in business, we can get too hot or too cold. And I've done both. Too hot yep. where I'm just all about work. I'm busting my hump and whatever it takes, I'm going to get it done yep. and do. Then life gets out of balance. So when you're at work, you're thinking you should be doing something at home. When you're at home, you're thinking you should be doing something at work. Or you go the opposite and you create this lifestyle business where you're around, you're working 20, 30 hours a week. And both are, by the way, no judgment. It is what it is. It's okay. It's just the challenge with that is you're not creating enough value to keep A players on your team. A players are who ser serves the client. What are we getting paid for to bring value? You have to have a certain amount of growth to be able to reinvest to create additional value and keep this thing going. So right. we flip that from living too hot, too cold to what I feel like is a more balanced approach called the infinite entrepreneur. I think this will ask, answer your question. There's four pieces of the infinite entrepreneur. The first is you'll see the sign be, behind me, Legato Family with Rich, Rich Christensen and Andrea. We yep. put together this. How do we create these family values and get real clear on who we are as a family, our mission? I said values, you know, are, are setting rites of passage for kids and just being crystal clear as a family. What do we stand for? And there's all kinds of color you can add to that. Mm -hmm. Then from there, I put together a process from all the things I learned through best practices. I could name all kinds of names here. Vern Harnish to uh, my partner, Ron Carson, to Dan Sullivan, on and on. I sum the business up in the four P's of a sustainable business. So we're clear on family. Now we're clear on business with purpose, people, process, and profit. Now money plays a part to that. So the process I've created there is called the way to wealth. The way to wealth is our one-page plan and one-page process to make money simple that supports the family, supports the business to then ultimately live a life of health, wealth, wisdom, and happiness. Because I don't care how much money you're making in business or how successful, family can be clear. You can have money dialed in. But what's the point if you're not fully living life? And I like to say fully living now because it's all we have. Yep. So that's my process of creating an infinite entrepreneur. And that's all about mindset, getting clear on that. Yeah. And then if we were to just think about money for a second, I think where people misstep or trip up is they just follow conventional wisdom uh, in all these aspects, conventional wisdom of your family, for your business, for your finances, and in life. And none of us are that. So like, we try to do what everyone else tells us to do with the money, but we're all unique. Yeah. So some of us should focus in on what our skill set is, our investor DNA, our unique makeup of what we've been created to be. Some of that's a business owner. It is for me, clearly has been for you, partner Rich, same. Yeah. Some, it might be real estate, like that's their skill set. They love it. They know it. They're interested in it. Some, it might be investing in the market because they're really good with paper assets or things like that. Some, it might be commodities, gold, silver. The point is knowing who you are there, what is your skill set, you know it because it energizes you and you're intrigued by it, which checks the box of the biggest missing element for all of us, education. Then you dig in and educate yourself on business, pay for coaching, or educate yourself on paper assets or on commodities or in real estate. Now, yeah. all of a sudden, the whole game in money is cash flow and control. 
Now you're setting yourself up to not only get more cash flow, but put yourself more in control in a market and take COVID as an example. All these things that happen, that will happen again. Something will happen again. That's that punch in the face that the great philosopher Mike Tyson says. We're always <laughs> going to get it. But if you have yourself set up where you're in your unique skill set, you're going to be able to navigate these things and feel like you're back in control of the situation, at least enough to navigate it. I, I don't think anybody's ever referred to Mike Tyson as the great philosopher, but maybe, I mean, he is wise. If you listen to him on his I'm podcast, serious. in between tokes of his joints, um, he's uh, he actually is a pretty smart guy. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying that tongue in cheek. I'm kidding. And I'm only because he's not in the room with me, but two, <laughs> but truly he has grown and definitely has wisdom there. So yeah. There's one guy I would not want to piss off. I just no. wouldn't. Never. No. I, I just I don't care. And people are like, he's old. I don't care. Doesn't matter. He's not <laughs> like, that old. There, there's so many other people you could piss off besides him, right? So you, you go there. <laughs> there. That is so funny. So, you know, I'm going to throw a curveball into this. Let me throw a little curveball into this. There are, um, if you go, if you watch TikTok or Instagram or, you know, you, you see a lot of, man, there's a lot of people out here, a lot of people out here pushing the crypto thing. Um, <clears throat> I'm friends with, I mean, we don't hang out. We're not like golfing buddies, but Grant Cardone is a friend of mine. Um, and, you know, he's now hit billionaire status. I have another friend in Beverly Hills that's a, a billionaire, Ramey Elbatrawi. And I've asked, I've heard, well, I asked Ramey, I've heard Grant talk about it and neither one of them will touch crypto with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> I mean, Grant's like, I own like a couple million dollars worth, but somebody paid me for something and it's just sitting there, you know, um, just, you don't have to expand. I don't want to start a crypto war on the show. Cause there'll be people in here that'll die on the sword for this. Um, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, you're in the financial services world. I don't know anything about it. I think I own a hundred dollars worth of crypto and it might be worth 20 bucks right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Um, but, <laughs> but like there are, look, there's people that have made millions, if not more off of crypto, but it seems like a, um, What's that word on, on the Wolf of Wall Street, a fagazi? It seems like a, a you know, a, a, what, what are your thoughts? So here's what I'll say. I, I believe if you look at the blockchain, yeah, that it's a real thing. So I think if sure. you compare it to the internet back in the 90s, it was a real thing. Yeah. What we didn't know was, well, who's going to be the real player there? AOL? <laughs> By the way, some of you may still have an AOL account. I'm not. You've got you. mail. It, Yahoo. <laughs> Who's it going to be? And I think we're there. And again, look, I'm, I'm no expert, not giving any advice here. I'm simply talking out loud. I think blockchain's a real thing. What I would yep. say to it is, if you were going to own 
a piece, a small piece that you were speculating with, that you were comfortable losing, and you were going to put money in it. That's one thing, okay? You could do that, and it could be potentially a diversifier or an asset that you're going to own. What I would simply say is, again, have you studied it? Is this your unique skill set? Is this your investor DNA? Is this something where you're so interested in that you read and educate yourself on it so you know why you're buying, you're not just speculating? If you're not going to do that, then it probably doesn't make sense. Yeah. Great and then answer. for some, if you're in and you're reading it and you eat, drink and sleep it and it's your you know, unique skill set that you're going to dig into this, have at it. Um, I think the best thing to do though, is spend time finding what is your unique skill set, what does jazz you up and then educate yourself on that. So you put yourself in a position of control yeah. versus just throwing money at the, the current hot thing and speculating with your hard earned capital. You know, what's interesting is I love the fact that you brought up like AOL, which my buddy Glenn Morshauer, the very famous actor, he still has an AOL account. And, and I'm like, dude, what? And he's like, don't, don't even. <laughs> and, but, you know, like there, there was a time though that AOL was, for lack of a better phrase, they kind of were the internet they had their own ecosystem, if you would. Um, and they, they still, they still do, I believe, but they don't, um, they, they didn't make the, they didn't really make the big pivot when, cause I can remember I've, I've been on the internet. I built my first website in 1994. So I've been doing it for a while. And, and, you know, I can remember though, like, you know, like Robert Brooker talks about Netscape. I remember that. I remember the, the, um, the, the underbelly of the internet that wasn't AOL and I was yep. there and um, it, AOL never really made a pivot. Like trying to tell somebody just type the address into your browser. They were like, what? What, I, I looked all over AOL. I couldn't find it. And I'm like, it's not on AOL. It's not part of, like, you don't get it. But yes. you know, so where do you see things right now in the financial services world, especially with the blockchain and crypto and Bitcoin? And I mean, where do you see things kind of shifting? Because there, there's a tremendous amount of, I, I believe last figure I heard, um, is that it just in the baby boomer generation, there's well over a trillion dollars sitting in retirement funds um, in the baby boomer, just the baby boomers alone. Yeah. So, so where, where are things, where do you see things shifting or do you see a shift? Is it, is it business as usual? Yeah. So here's how I think about it. So, um, we the way you structure it matters. So this is how I think about this, and this may be helpful to share to your audience. So how do you frame this? Well, ours is the way to wealth. So this is how we we look at this is how I view the financial world. It's literally how I run our household finances. So the way is the way is living now, living in the present moment. Meaning, let's use funds and money in this capital. Which, by the way, what is money? It's a means of exchange. It's not the actual wealth. Wealth, the actual root definition, is we all. The word comes from we all. W e o l 
which that definition is well-being. So that's what we're chasing. So how do we use money as a tool and live in the present moment? Two's the team. The game is won or lost by the team that you pick. Then wealth is an acronym. I'm not going to go through that whole process. I'm just going to try to synthesize this down to you have to have a foundation before you start deciding where you're going to invest your money. Foundation is a, you know, a tax reduction plan, a state legacy, insurance, interest rate credit, et cetera. All of that should lead to more cash flow to you done properly and more control to you done properly. So if you were to put together a strategy where you saved $50,000 of taxes this year and every year thereafter, that's a guaranteed rate of return. You can't say that anywhere else, right? right? So if it's a legit tax move, that's where you should be focused your time and energies on that foundation. Then if you start thinking where to allocate capital, which was your question to me, I believe, because of where are we at in the market and where is this thing shifting, we use three buckets. We use three buckets of money. The first is savings. The second is income. The third is growth. All right. So if I knew nothing and I'm listening, I, this is exactly how I would structure things. I would focus on savings first. What's that mean? Savings is liquid emergency opportunity money, something you can get your hands on within 30 days. Because what people will say, Scott, I am saving, like I'm maxing out my 401k. That's not saving. That's investing. You're not getting your hands on that right. in 30 days, right? right? So let's max. And for me, I have is I have close to 50% in savings, that type of not just a savings account. There's lots, all kinds of different options to structure that, which some point we may want to get into or another time. But the point is, whatever your comfort level is, I recommend minimum one year, but some a lot more like me a lot more. So savings. So you have emergency opportunity money. So when you have some sort of crisis or some sort of situation where things get drastically undervalued in an area that you're educated in, you can take that capital, that warehouse of wealth and capitalize on that situation, all right? Second, income bucket. Income, I recommend having all expenses covered by some sort of passive income stream. So if we have this chunk of capital in a savings, we have a chunk of capital in some sort of income producing asset. Again, what's your unique skill set? If it's a business owner, then you should focus on businesses for that passive income or real estate or whatever it is that's your unique skill set. Now, maybe if that's your thing and you can have an income strategy, I won't argue with it. If it's I'm thing. totally joking. Don't well, focus on crypto. That's my advice. Then, th <laughs> then third is growth. And once you have the foundation, the savings and the income where you're taking care of with passive income for your expenses, you can swing for the fences on growth. And maybe yeah. it's crypto. Maybe it's buying another business. Maybe it's paper assets in the stock market etc. Again, back to what you focus on. So that's how I think of things. And then because of that, I don't have to always get right what's going to be the next big thing. I'm going to focus in on what I know through education and allocate myself in a way that puts me in the driver's seat and is in much control as I can be to navigate whatever the market throws at me. Look at what, what you know. What what did uh, Ray Dalio talk about uh, in his all weather portfolio? It's the same kind of thing. How can you structure yourself in such a way that you can navigate really anything that the market throws at you? 
you know, okay, so I, I have, I have, I think, legitimate questions. I, I hope they're legitimate. Um, the my wife, my wife is on here. She says good strategy. Thank um, you. So, and she met Rich out in Utah as well. So uh, we we love Rich, your your partner. Yes. Um, so, I I'm I am a. Um, I'm a dreamer. <laughs> I don't I don't know how else to say it, right? When when somebody starts talking about all the stuff you were just saying and I I couldn't I couldn't repeat that if you paid me a million dollars. Um but if when my brain goes Oh God, could you please get to the exciting stuff? Like, how do we make more sales? Like, how, how do we how do we grow this thing? How do we get people excited about it? And, and it, it really does. And it's not it, look, it's just a difference in right brain, left brain, whatever it is, right? I, I like the creative, fun, you know, big picture. Let's um and and I love what Grant Cardone says. He says first off, he says, you can't save your way to wealth. And I truly believe that to be a fact. You mm -hmm. can't save your, I look at Doug wing, whose father built the, who's on here. He was on here. Um, his father built the little giant ladder company, right? It's a three, $400 million a year company now. And uh, they're huge third largest in the world. And, and he, I guarantee you Hal wing did not have an investment strategy when, when he was out hawking ladders in the beginning. And, and then people are like, wow, this thing is freaking awesome. And then he got on QVC and was in, you know, the infomercials and all that stuff. But, you know, so for the guy like me who finds this, please don't find, take this offensively, Scott, because <laughs> I think the world of you, um, I'm easily but, offended. <laughs> Well, plus you're the jujitsu guy, and I'm not. So I'm I was gonna... raised in a Baptist preacher's home, brother. I can't be offended. Throw it out there. <laughs> yeah. So, so for the guys like me, that that my brain shuts off. Like if somebody said, "Hey, do you want to go to this financial wealth planning <laughs> seminar?" I'd be like, "I'd rather paint a wall and watch it dry." And I hate to paint. So, yeah. like how do you get somebody like me excited about this? Because I I'm more interested in how do we sell a thousand more thousand X of what we're selling to create wealth. And I know it can be done. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Right. So, so I know that you can go, well, it doesn't, you don't have to have these three buckets to create wealth. Um, I truly don't think Hal Wing had three buckets. He just sold a lot of ladders. How do you get me excited about that? I'm sorry. I don't know how to how else to ask that. Yeah, yeah. No, and I don't know that that you can. What I would say is this. Um, it, it's what for sure create selling that many ladders and having this big vision and then creating that big vision and then just selling a ton. Yeah, you can make a lot of money. Sure. I don't know that you keep it that way. I do think you focus on, so I'm not going to say take it and diversify everything, what most people would tell you that's in this line of work. I don't, I don't buy into that. I will say if you take someone 
um, like Richard Branson. And I don't know Grant, so I can't speak to him, but I've certainly met Richard and have heard a lot of his methodology and how he thinks. And I believe the most successful entrepreneurs are very disciplined, meaning they're not just swinging for the fences, launching bullets randomly and just getting lucky, right? They're very methodical. So what I mean by that is whatever, forget the buckets, whatever strategy you want to put in place, my suggestion is put a strategy in place where you're protecting the downside. And if it's using the three bucks to do it, that's what I do. But you better, I think you need to have a strategy where you're protecting the downside. I believe if you protect the downside properly, the upside will take care of itself. So what I'm saying is I think a lot of times people think these people who are doing so well are just gunslingers and they're just, you know, yeah. I don't believe that to be the case. I do no. think they are slinging, but that's after much thought, weighing the downside. What is my risk in this? And yeah. now they're comfortable swinging for the fences when it's time to swing for the fence. So yeah. that's what I would tell you. It doesn't have to be the bucket strategy, but yet having a strategy where you thought about the downside. So you're thinking risk reward and yeah. you're not getting lost in a spreadsheet because the irony is spreadsheets bore me to death. Like oh. I'm a business owner, entrepreneur guy. I just happen to be one in wealth management. Yeah, My driver right. is how can we simplify this so it doesn't bore the crap out of you, yet it protects the downside so you can go swing for the fences? That's my goal. I believe business owners, entrepreneurs are the backbone of the economy. So let's get them set up a way where this money thing is simplified so they can go create jobs. They can create new things that create value for people's lives. Yeah. So that's, that's what drives me. I love it, man. I, I, I always think, you know, I think about, um, Henry Ford, um, and I think about his, you know, he was being sued and, and told, you don't know anything about this and this and this. And, and, and he said on my desk, I have these buttons that I can push and get the answer to any question that you can throw at me. I can, I can have somebody by my side instantly. Yes. And, and I think, you know, for me, I've always thought, first off, I thought that, well, that's cool. I need some buttons on my desk. Yes. Um, right. And I think everybody does. I, I think that I need to be able to call Scott Ford and say, dude, I don't know anything about this. How much do I have to pay you to, to, to make this work? Uh, yes. I, right. I, and I spoke, I didn't, I didn't get into this because I didn't want to talk about my process. The way to wealth is, is so whatever process someone's using, here's what I'm going to say. The way I talk about living now, the two is the team. And I, and I went through that fast for a second time. The I did say the game is won or lost there. You're adding to what I was saying. And it's exactly right. The team is exactly what Henry Ford was saying. Yep. He's got that number two that represents the team. He's got on his desk a button he can hit. No matter what question you have, he's got that answer on his team. Yep. He doesn't need to have the answer. That's why I said it that way. You, people don't have to know the three buckets. They don't know have the foundation. They just need to know they have a team who knows all that stuff and is think and knows them well enough to, yeah. to, to know what the right best answer is for them. So somebody that may be new in business, somebody that may be new um, to this, to this whole, this whole thing, right? 
that maybe I, I mean, look, when I started my business in 2007, great year to start a business, by the way. Um, <laughs> nice timing, yeah, yeah, right at the end of 07. <laughs> it was perfect timing. Um, you know, but for somebody that's like bootstrapping and and you know, living off of cash flow, which is man, that's so hard to do. Um, what do you say to them? How do they, how do they get to, um, the place? Is it just one day at a time? I mean, what, how do they get to this place where they start focusing on legacy? They start focusing on, on wealth building and, you know, they, they, they're, their plumber business is finally taking off or whatever it is, right? How, how yep. do they have that mindset shift? Yeah. So here's how I would answer that. And literally that's what Infinite Entrepreneur was created for. So I'm going to give my best answer and then I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. So my best answer is you start with some process with family. Ours is legato family. How do you get clear on who you are, what you really want as a family? Because yeah. we talk about business owners being the backbone of the economy. I totally believe that. Business owners are families. So let's get clear and on the same page there and in alignment. Then best practices in the business. Then you're, we use way to wealth, but whatever. The key here is you have a plan and it's not some Excel spreadsheet. It's clean, clear numbers that mean something to you. Because I think in business, we play games and we're not true on our numbers. So we're actually lying to ourselves. Clean, clear numbers. And then the life piece. My back, back in, I said I would backtrack and here's where I'll do that is it's the why behind it all. So I can remember in the early days, I'm just figuring out, can I keep my head above water? And how many times did I pay team members when I only had one or two team members and I didn't take a paycheck and I'm putting that on a credit card? I did it a lot in the early days, just trying to figure it out. Why am I still here today? Because my why was big enough and inspiring enough for me to keep at it and figure it out. My mm. why was making money simple because what happened when I was a kid watching my parents, what happened when I'm watching these business owners screw things up because money's complicated. So my <laughs> why is big enough. My why now is helping a thousand business owners between 5 million and a hundred million in revenue like me build to exit. Doesn't mean you're going to exit. But if you build to exit, you're going to have a better quality of life so you can enjoy it along the way, which is all you really have. And they're the real backbone of the economy. Us going, potentially going into challenging times in this country, you could say all kinds of reasons why that might happen. Yeah. One, it does happen. Who's going to get us out? Entrepreneurs. Yep. Being creative, having a big enough why, coming up with solutions that no one's thinking about now. That's who I want to serve. That's my why. You know, I, I wrote in my first book um, a, a little story about I called this this um, this guy one day when I my wife and I had our, our I had <laughs> I had a car repossessed in front of my three employees at the time. That was fun. Um, but, you know, I I um, I called this guy and I only had one employee at this one point. I called this, this, this friend of mine, his father owned a company, um, still does doing 150, $200 million a year in business. 
And I said, I'm not calling you for a loan. I'm, he was, he was in his, his, I'll never forget. He was in his 750 IL BMW or whatever, like heading to the country club to play golf. I'll never forget that moment. I said, I'm calling for advice, not money advice. And he goes, sure. I go, I have one employee that's fairly new and I can't make payroll this week. <laughs> and he goes, oh, that sucks. And I go, yeah, it does. It really does. And I said, how do you, how do you, and I'm standing way out in the parking lot of the office. Cause I didn't want this guy. He didn't know I couldn't make payroll yet. And, 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 and I'm like, how do you, how do you make it, man? How, I mean, did you ever struggle? Cause you know, you look at somebody worth hundreds of millions or even millions or billions or, and you think they've had it on easy street, their entire career. It's been, you know, all unicorns yeah. and rainbows. And, and he's like, Hey, look, there was a time. And you said something that reminded me of this story. There was a time when I had 40, 50 employees couldn't make payroll had five credit cards completely maxed out at $300,000 in debt in credit cards mm. with high interest rates. And, and I had to call them all together and say, we can't make payroll this week. We're going to, we got some receivables out there. We'll get payroll made next week. He said, now a lot of people quit. A lot of people walked out and, and a lot of people believed in me and stayed, stayed in the fight. And, and those people are now all multimillionaires mm. and, and I, it gives me chills just, yeah. you know, and, and I was like, really? And he goes, oh, he goes, I had to file bankruptcy at one point. I mean, you, you, he goes, here's the, if you want the secret to success, not that there is a secret, but if you want the secret, this would be it. You stay in the ring, you keep running, you keep fighting and you don't let that blanken tiger catch you and i'm like really and, and he goes that's it and i go wow and and he goes i go what's the tiger and he goes i gotta go and he hung up i still don't know what the tiger is but i'm just trying to make damn sure it doesn't catch me whatever it is so maybe it's all you needed well, it you know, it's like you there is no matter what business you're in, there's there's this it it's always you're you're always you gotta watch the ropes, you gotta keep moving around the ring and and am I wrong? No, it's spot on, spot on. I'll add one piece to that, uh uh from my perspective, and that yeah. is you are spot on. And that's the why, like if the why is big enough, you can keep running from the tiger because, yep. you know, you know why you're doing this. The add on that I'll say that if I had to go back and tell the younger version of me when I was doing all this is also what is the game? And remember what I said wealth mm -hmm. was wealth is a sense of well-being. So you, and I know it's easier said than done. Right. When you got three hundred thousand dollars credit card debt and all this guy's situation, I'm just saying doing our best to enjoy each day along the way and doing our best to be grateful and have a sense of well-being that is wealth yeah so like we can have a big why and we can run from the tiger and we should <laughs> and set ourselves up in a way that we can do our best to enjoy the journey along the way because why else are we doing it 
I mean, yes, the why, because you have a big why. But once you get to that, then what? We're all just wanting to be okay. And setting yourselves up to recognize that, I think I could have enjoyed the journey along the way even more, which is my focus now. I mean, and I, I don't disagree with you. I, 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 you know, I don't know. I, I'm not sure why everybody loves that whole Simon Sinek thing um, about start with why. I, I, I never, re- it never resonated with me. I don't know why with him, with that, that whole, um, and maybe it's because of the chip on my shoulder. I'm not sure <laughs> it could be that, but I, I think I do agree that you have to have a why. And I sit here at 54 years old, almost thinking, have I really clearly defined my why have I really done it? My question for you would be, do you have a why behind the jujitsu thing? Is there really a why? Is it, I'm going to kick Mike Tyson's ass one day and that's my why. Not that he's into jujitsu, but you know, is there, is there, does there have to be a why behind everything that you're doing? I don't know that there has to be Ken. I would like to think there is for me and how I would answer that would be all of my life is framed under health, wealth, wisdom, and happiness. Health is spiritual, mental, physical wealth is that idea of being financially free. That's the way to wealth piece. It's having enough. It's yeah. having love in my life. The whole game to me is about love. Yeah. Wisdom yeah. is about living in the present moment. It's about having a bunch, a lot of experiences create wisdom, being a lifelong learner. And then happiness comes from having relationships, having a dream that you're contributing to, and then being grateful. So everything I do falls in those categories. And jujitsu would, would, would firmly frame in lots of those, but specifically the physical and mental health piece. It's an love outlet. that. Right. So that's how I do my best to frame and live. I absolutely love that answer, man. So last question for you. And I know we're a little bit over. Are you okay on time? Yes. Last question is, um, and I ask everybody this number one answer is fear. So you have to do better. Um, the <laughs> you're like, Oh God. When it comes to these, it's a, it's one question, but it's two part. Um, what, when it comes to people, business owners or people in general, um, what is it that you think is holding them back from number one, real financial success, like real financial success. Um, and number two, and I do think they're related I, I I've been, I've been broke and I, and homeless and I've been wealthy and homeless is not better than wealthy. I'm just, just going to put that out there. Number two is freedom. What, what's what, so what's keeping people from financial success and freedom and happiness, real freedom and happiness in life? Mm. I would say clarity, clarity, mm. And in clarity, I'm going to get back to the why. If the why is big enough, you'll find a way. And the second piece to add on to it is who. And Dan Sullivan and Dean Jackson coined this who, not how. And totally agree. With clarity and the why that's big enough that you're like, 
I, this inspires me. This is who I am here to be. I was created for this. With that, then you find the who's to figure out the how. Wow. Almost sounds like a Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Maybe it's where I learned that. See, it all goes back to childhood. <laughs> oh, and the other reason, my other why I didn't mention is so I don't have to drive that freaking green Lincoln Continental anymore. Good Lord. Can you even imagine? Dude, especially with the price of gas. Right exactly. <laughs> yes, it would be unaffordable. You know, it cost me $6,000 to go to the grocery store. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, oh, Scott, you're, you're awesome, man. Um, what is, Hey, where's the, what's, I should have asked you this up front. What is your, um, website address? Yeah. Go to the way to wealth. And it's a number two, the way, the number two wealth, the way to wealth.com. You can also find me at legatofamily.com. The way to wealth right there. That's it, man. Awesome, dude. Scott Ford, you, sir, are awesome. And and I, I, I genuinely appreciate you coming on and sharing your your wisdom. Is there a place on social media that you're most active that people can follow you? Yeah, I mean, probably way to well the best starting point. I do have a Facebook page and and all okay. the all the socials, uh, okay. just with my name, Scott Ford or Scott D Ford. You could uh, you could find me. But yeah, man, thanks for having me, Ken. Uh, keep doing your work, uh, what you're what you're doing. It's great. It's uh, fun to do and inspiring to hear your 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 journey and what you're up to as well. So yeah, keep doing your thing. I, I I love it, man. So if you'll hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna end the live stream, but I do want to say thank you again for being on today and sharing your your wisdom and and your dude. The, everybody needs to to be following Scott Ford for sure. So Scott, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, you guys all have a great day. And um, we will see you all later. So hang, hang on for me, Scott.